Nick's watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nick's is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nick's and Grace. Welcome to episode 98 of There's No Place Like Terra, a Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today we're going over season 5, episode 10, 2001. All the numbers. AKA, now here's where I channel my best <laughs> Tina Belcher impression. <laughs> my heart! <laughs> As she lies on the floor, lies, 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 on the floor of the uh, burger joint because her heart is broken. My heart. <laughs> anyway, that's that's where I am. I, I know there's a lot more to this episode, but gosh darn it. Somehow I knew that with all of the like underground discovery and the and the po- the politics and the negotiation it's all there you would focus on sam loses uh, sam's freaking poor heart <laughs> i can't to be fair she did not know him well enough yet no what but that's almost what so <laughs> We'll get to you this. know it's an epic love story somewhere well, in there. You know, it's those things where you... Here's a, I'll, I'll share a little bit of personal information that I think is okay. Um, boyfriend Jesse and I um, had a 1.0 and a 2.0. Yeah. And we almost didn't have a 2.0. Yeah. Which is... Our 1.0 was very short-lived. Yeah. Uh, 2.0 has been going strong for three years now. Yeah, some of that. But if all the stars had not aligned, it yeah. would not have happened. And I Sam think and the- Joe's stars didn't align. Oh my god! On the line, stars, aka. I, I see my heartache. So my heartache's like it's my own lost love. Aka on the line, stars. On the line, stars. Oh, that sounds prettier. Alrighty. All right. So let's this get into it. First aired on August twenty first, two thousand and one. It was written by Brad Wright, directed by Peter Deloise. Um, and I think I forgot to mention this in 2010, mm. um, but if you haven't read Childhood's End by Arthur C. Clarke, uh, please do. Mm. It's a it's a relatively short uh, novel, and it is it's it's not creepy because it's like actually a creepy novel. It's just creepy as in an alien's peaceful takeover in Earth way. <sighs> Oh, yeah, it's okay. one of my childhood's end. Childhood, it's one of my favorites. Favorite of someday his. when I'm not doing seven million things. Yeah, it's only it's like two hundred pages. Like it's a short. It's a short. I can, novel. I can do that. I yeah. can do that. I have learned. I've learned how slow I read. There was an interesting situation that happened where uh, someone was reading a story to me out loud, mm-hmm. and I was like, "You're gonna have to read much slower." <laughs> Because I'm not capturing everything that you're saying. Are you someone that you have to put your audible books on like like, like half like seven speed. five yeah. speed? Yeah, no, I really do. It just somehow it just doesn't click as quickly, and gotcha. so I've learned that that I just it's not that uh, I'm a slow reader. I read a lot. Yeah. But I'm a slow reader. And shocker, I'm usually like, 1.5 speed, talk yeah. faster. Because, and I can do that, like with school books. Yeah. I'm like, I, I get I get what you're saying. Yeah, next, yeah, yeah. Move But forward. I'm not capturing every yeah, word. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm quick at capturing ideas. But when you're reading a, a novel yes. or a story where every word matters, yeah. uh, I, I'm sure that the textbooks writers think every word matters too. Of course it does. Listen. I'm gonna look in the margins. I'm gonna see what the keywords <laughs> in the chapter are. I ain't got time to waste. <laughs> Y'all got time for this? Yeah, exactly. Um, Childhood end. Yeah, and Arthur C. Clarke, like this, uh, paired with 2010 is right. you know definitely the Arthur C. Clarke episodes of Stargate that yes. you get to call out later in this episode. Um, but to start this episode, we get a previously on Stargate. We we're like, hey, remember that whole time we were told not to go to P4C 970? Like. Uh-huh. Under any circumstances, I like the previously on this like spoilers. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure that will never come up again. Yeah, that note. We're just ever. sharing this for no reason at yep. all. It's disconnected from this episode. <laughs> uh, and we find SG One coming back from an off-world mission that was super successful. Uh, the Volians are a simple agrarian yeah. culture. They're easy peasy lemon squeezy. They are. They introduced us to a great ally of theirs Mm -hmm. uh, who have no sense of humor, but they have advanced technology. (laughs) Um, And 
Do we count this indeed from Tilk? Because he does keep talking, but it's clear that this indeed is a complete sentence. It is a complete sentence. And yeah. that, therefore it counts. Yes. I th- and Kaylee, Kaylee agrees. agrees. Yes. <laughs> um, Just like a Kaylee Bark is a complete sentence, <laughs> so is a Tilk indeed. And that's exactly what she was saying. I've learned to yeah. speak dog. Yeah. In my downtime. Sometimes Kaylee, a Kaylee Bark is like a complete novella as well. Yeah, well yes. Uh, Hammond gets <laughs> super excited by all of this, as excited as Hammond can get. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he can't wait to go tell the president. And oh, uh, by the way, what uh, what are the names of these new friends? This is where I'm like, no, please don't tell me. I don't. This is bad. There's, this is bad times. Oh, it's the Ashen. It is a fucking They're called Ashen. the Ashen. So I love how um, detailed your opening credits description is. <laughs> and now, now in turn, we will share Grace's opening credits yes. description. Yes, yes. Written in all caps. No! <laughs> the Ashen! <laughs> credits. <laughs> that's, that's basically accurate. It's everything that happened. <laughs> Just reading the margins, guys. <laughs> And we get a briefing room scene, not just a briefing room scene, but like a super official top notch briefing room scene filled with lots of uniforms and suits and Joe Faxon, (gasps) a familiar face that we've never seen before. I did call him (laughs) Ambassador Sexy Pants. (laughs) (laughs) I could not remember his name and they said his name and it somehow slipped out of my mind. And it's like super short. Yeah. Joe. And it was one of those things where Stormy's like. Mama Play. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm trying to watch a thing, buddy. And he's like, but Mama Play. And so I missed his name. And I was like, oh, it's Ambassador. Fuck, what do I write in my notes? Ambassador Sexy Pants. Yeah. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Ambassador McDreamy. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm not, I can't go back, guys. I can't rewind. It's Ambassador Tight Pants to you. <laughs> Ambassador, yes. Ambassador Tight Pants. Aw. It just makes me love him that much more. <laughs> We are now calling him Ambassador Tight Pants the rest of this episode. He got his tight pants on. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, And uh, the Ashen don't really want anyone to know where their planet is until, like, a treaty is signed. Um, You know, they they doubled the Volian's growing season on their planet because they created a second star from a gas giant, something Mm -hmm. that sounds familiar from 2010. Mm -hmm. Sam even gets a shout-out here to Arthur C. Clarke for proposing the idea. <laughs> uh, Among all the millions of things she says, where I'm like, I'm having such a hard time following her, but that's okay. So is everybody else. Well, and then Jack does warn, you know, tight pants ambassador tight pants. <laughs> yeah, that he does have to be careful using the word "how" around Sam. Yeah, you don't want to know that. <laughs> it, it, it's like I'd be like, if somebody were to, I'd be like, that's okay. I have a Nixie. I know how they work. <laughs> Ready? I'm going to distract with DuckTales. <laughs> DuckTales. Ooh. Um, and so they ask the question, if if the Ashen are so powerful, have we not run into them before? Or heard of them, even? Yeah. And, you know, they sort of... They sort of stick to themselves and to their confederation. You know, they ran. They have run into the same dialing issues that we used to have because they also couldn't find a DHD with their Stargate. The difference is that we had the Abydos cartouche and oh, right. Jack's ancient brain download. Um, <laughs> I forgot about that one. But the Ashen are powerful enough that they could make a major difference against the Gould. This is true. Yeah, most of their most of their dialing database comes from that ancient download. Yeah, you know, this is a great episode for that stuff where it's like, oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah, happen. that happened, too. Oh, I remember that's a thing that happened. And there's a really great exchange about Jack not trusting them because they don't have a sense of humor. And mm-hmm. it's it's great. <laughs> so, yeah. The, well, the Ashen are boring. Yes. And then it's like, I didn't say that. Yeah, no, you said the Ashen the are boring. And it's like, dude, can you not? <laughs> well, then there's because they conveniently have named one of the characters Boren. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Boren and Snorin. I'm pretty sure, (laughs) specifically to make the jokes. Their names are Boren and Snorin and Blah. Let's not pretend that that wasn't exactly why that happened. It's like, you know, wink and blink and a nod, but boring ear. So Jack and Sam are going to help Ambassador Tight Pants. And the ambassador who keeps smiling at Sam. Yeah. Well. And those smiles are reciprocated. Yeah. And Daniel and Teal will sort of, you know, run a poll among the, the Volians to see how they like being at the yeah. Confederation. I love this. I feel like I may have said this before, but I, I've, we don't get a lot of Daniel and Teal action. 
Yeah. So this was fun. Um, and, uh, so Joe stops Sam since they're trading Stargate knowledge. He could use a little bit more of that knowledge. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, no, stop brain from yeah. continuing thoughts. And she's like, I want to know you <laughs> biblically. <laughs> I want to put my knowledge in your knowledge, Sam. <laughs> I was trying to not go there, but feel free. And Sam's like, I want to receive your knowledge in the mess hall. And he's like, okay, a little kinky, but let's do it. Well, the mess hall comes later. <laughs> that's it's, right. It's, it's that's right. right. We've yeah, half a scene right. before then. Said it. <laughs> so they walk down to the control room and we learn that the SGC is trying to lock down where the Ashen home planet is uh, just because it's a giant mystery and they can't right. leave mysteries alone. Right. Um, they just have to figure it out. <laughs> and be careful, Joe asked how again. Uh, so Sam theorized early in the Stargate work that the distance, like what the distance limit between two planets where you didn't have to worry about stellar drift was. Okay. Um, because that's the whole reason you couldn't dial out is because yes, stellar drift. Yes, I remember now. Um, so she figured it was about 300 light years before you had to worry about stellar drift. So the computer's searching basically in that, in that radius. And off Sam and Joe go to the mess, I'm assuming to eat blue jello and pie and stare longingly into each other's eyes. Uh-huh. <laughs> that sounds right. I'll take it. Also, Walter... And, and Sam's going to eat two steaks, because yeah. why not reference every episode ever? <laughs> also, Walter and his coffee cup in this episode had me wondering that what happens if you accidentally spill coffee on something critical in the control oh, room? Fuck. That's a bad thing. Like, should coffee not be allowed in the control room? Maybe it's not coffee. Like, maybe he's got <laughs> just, snacks in there? Oh, see, when you say it's not coffee, I'm looking, that might be straight whiskey. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, that could be it, too. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Walter's always very happy. You know, but it's like, maybe he's got, like, popcorn or, like, his Lucky Charms that he eats by, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> could be. Could be. I, could, I mean, I, I do that. that. I like to put my snacks in a coffee mug. It's easy to carry so, around. Yeah, well, not only that, is when I'm at work, people think I'm an adult, but really I'm eating marshmallows <laughs> out of my coffee mug when they're not looking. People at work think you're an adult? No. No, okay. No. <laughs> that ship no. sailed a while ago. <laughs> the next morning, this scene in the gate room and its jaunty music just irrationally makes me happy. <laughs> Joe with his sharp, yes. tight pants. Yes. Suit and dress shoes, going to a farm planet, and even Daniel's face and his shades. Like, it's the best thing, yeah. Because he was that person. He was five years ago. He's very goose-like in his oh, like. He is very, he's very top gun, like very mean girls. Yeah, a, a little bit of all of those things where he's like, "Oh my god, look at this loser!" <laughs> and he gives like thumbs up. And yeah, like, ah, you, look, yeah you, look great. you look so awesome. Uh, I know these looks are very familiar to me because I grew up in a farm town. Yeah, and I grew up in a place where people dress up, and it's like, "Where are you going? Yeah, where do you think you're going?" I understand that I actually uh, I may or may not have had a boss who who was meeting with someone very important in the agriculture community and was wearing his like TV work suit. Yeah. And I was like, don't do that. Yeah. Put some jeans on. Well, see, and it to me, there's dress jeans and yeah. there's not dress yeah. jeans. Well, to me, it's specifically about the shoes. You know, I, I, get, oh, yeah. I grew up in the land of the ice and snow. Yeah. And so, you know, when you dress up. Even if you're going somewhere like where you wear heels, outside yeah. you're wearing snow boots. And then like, you change into Even the, if yeah. you're wearing a skirt and like, you know, whatever. Yeah. You you wear your snow boots outside. You yeah. don't try to wear your heels outside no. or your dress shoes outside. Again, you've learned. For us, it's like work boots, yeah. dress boots. Your backpack has your good shoes yeah. in it to change into Lator. Yeah. City boy. And even <laughs> Sam is like almost grimacing, like just out of like, oh, you're just, you don't know yet. I like you, but I'm very embarrassed for you. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's basically exactly what, what that, that is. is. Um, thank God you're charming because this could have been it for you. This could have been... Thank God for those pants. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so they step through uh, in another great gate shot as as Joe comes through the gate, too. Uh, and we get the great, just when you think you're not in Kansas anymore, you're turns out you are. In Kansas all over again. <laughs> and uh, we also introduce the amazing harvester, which scoops up all the crops. And then the Stargate turns on its side. Speaking of agriculture, I want my dad to watch this episode. Yeah. <laughs> 
Mostly so it could be like, look, you're a hop, skip, and a jump from Silicon Valley. Exactly. One of those bitches needs to go get Elon Musk. Yeah. Have him build this for you. Yeah. Because how awesome would that be? That would be amazing. Like, I think of, uh, you know, people right now in Puerto Rico who are without food, without water. Exactly. Let's just, like, quickly zap some stuff over to them. Yeah. I'm for it. The one thing I did point out here that I I heard is that... um, there, there's, there, it's all the mention of of hundreds of harvesters, and they send the crops through the Stargates, the Shen world. Nowhere do they mention leaving some of the crops for the people nope. on the planet. No, <laughs> like, no, we're just gonna take all your shit all the time. We're just taking all we're the shit, assholes. This is our shit now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also to introduced to Boren, who SG One talked to with earlier, and he shows him to the harvester to talk to the Shen ambassador. Mm-hmm. Uh, and back at SGC, our favorite dude Walter. Shows him yes. in five planets the computer has spit out as a potential Ashen home planet. Hmm. Three are unexplored. <laughs> one they died earlier came back as uninhabitable. And one was that one that was blocked out of the daily computer by Hammond's order seven that months ago. One we were never going to go to. So there's a one in four chance. <laughs> Just a little thing I thought y'all might want to know. That, that the planet is probably bad. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, the people on the planet might be bad. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and Hammond's face basically goes from, I'm having so much. Fuck. Fuck. He Fuck. goes, can Fuck. you uh, can you call up three other SG teams so we can narrow down these yeah. options? Let's figure this out. I love that, too. Because he doesn't go SGs, uh, two, three, and four. He's yeah. like... 40 million, yeah. 70, like, no, he just like, random He knows yeah. exactly That's which ones I mean. are ready to go. Yeah, he's like, I love that it's not just off the top of my head, I'm just going to say the next three. No, I know all my teams. Yeah. These are the three teams I want specifically. Exactly. He's because, dude, a badass. Hammond knows his shit. Yeah, they're all his children. Like, Hammond <laughs> is way effective leader. Yeah. And yeah. our favorite. Well, I feel like Walter even looks at him like, I didn't know we had that many. <laughs> But no, cool. to be fair, Walter also knows the complete ready status of every team. Yes, but I feel like Walter may be reverting to like a cheat sheet he made, whereas <laughs> Hammond's just got all this shit in he his He always has a clipboard bank. with him. Like, Hammond makes a phone call to work when he's off, when he's having a beer, and he's yeah. like, hey, did this team come back yet? Because <laughs> I remember that, like, it just came to me in a memory. Yeah. And it's like, no, they're back. I was like, okay. And he's going to be, like, it's 2001, so we haven't hit smartphone phase yet. Right. But, like, he probably has the experimental version of the smartphone. Yeah. So we can just get, like, the updates. Yeah, exactly. It's like, at this point, it's like an advanced pager. That's true, yeah. You 2001. Know. I'm trying to think if I had a phone. I I did have, I have a phone, but... A self, I, it was a brick. Yeah. It was an old, like, Nokia. It was a Nokia brick. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, t- I may have even still had the pay ones... Oh. You don't have to get a contract? I think, uh, well, at this point, I was still, uh, at this point, it was the phone was still, the phone stays in the car and you do not use it for personal use. Oh, got it. At got that it. point, the phone was still like, this is for emergencies only. Well, see, my phone was paid for by me. Yeah. And and not the parents. Yeah. So it was like, this is my phone. No. I don't have any credit because I'm a child. Which is why, which <laughs> yeah. is why I was like, I don't Different. need to use the phone. Yeah. It is in the car for emergencies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I can see him having like, it's like the, 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 the experimental, like oh, yeah. high end military, like Slack channel, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm for <laughs> it. I dig it. Um, and so Daniel and Teal go out and chat with the locals. Uh, Tilk is blunt. Are the Ashen honorable? <laughs> Dude, let's not fuck around. No. Can and I? Tilk is never one to fuck around. No. And, and Keel, who they're, the, the guy they're talking to, he's like, well, I was raised by the Ashen. They gave us medicine. They gave us technology, energy. We rarely see them. They just stay in the harvesters. And I'm like, if freedom means being left alone, then yeah, we're free. Yeah. And he's... I'm like, that's not entirely what freedom is. He's basically a little bit of Lenny from yeah. Of Mice and Men mixed in with the dude from The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Because he's like, hey, man, they don't bother me. And I got a good life here. But he's also a little bit dumb. Yeah. Like about it. And so it's, it's, like... it's one of those things I'm like, well, I have a good life and I'm not going hungry. And yeah. uh, that's really all I care about. That's a, And no one's peed on my rug 
So I, have, I have, I have, I have, I have a lady friend at home. We yeah. love each other. Yeah, you know, got a little rug rat or two, and I get to pet the I'm bunnies. Good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm using all my references. Um, but Keel does have iron root in one of his fields, so he's like, "Hey guys, if you talk to the Ashen, could you see if they can help?" And Daniel and Tilk are like, "Well, maybe we can help." Yeah. So the negotiation team beeps up to the harvester. I will say that it took me yes. longer than. I care to admit admit that I did not understand what iron root meant until I was like, oh, I get it. It's buildings. Because they're the iron. They're made of iron and they come up like roots. Um, But they beam up to the harvester and Jack's like, yeah, we're going to want a couple of those guys as well. Oh, yeah. We're introduced to Melum for the first, second, last time. (laughs) And the view is pretty cool from the balcony. I'm sure we won't go out into the balcony at all. This is just for this one scene. Yep. Uh, Out in the fields, they do find the iron roots. It's like... It's not. It's not like it is a girder. Yeah. Um. And Daniel's like, "I am Bender. Please insert girder." <laughs> I can't. I can't hear the word girder now without doing that. Oh, and see, weirdly, and it has absolutely nothing to do with actual girders. But when I hear girder, I go back to Devil Wears Prada and then just going, "Gird your loins." <laughs> That's all I hear. <laughs> it has nothing to do with buildings or no, metal in any way. Um, and, uh, and they're like, yeah, Teal can deal with this. No problem. Go away. Leave us alone. Yeah. We'll deal with it. Gotta go. And it takes about five seconds for Dana to discover something he's hoping he hasn't actually discovered. He's no, gonna- I do have a question though. Cause this is where, uh, they're offered like the best sweet water. Yeah. And Teal raises an eyebrow, but does Teal drink? I don't think we have technically seen Teal drink, but at the same time, we don't know that sweet water is alcoholic. But it is. It could be just sweet tea. But it, but it in is. my head, it's totally definitely is. alcoholic. Well, I feel like he, not so much does Teal drink, but does he get drunk or does his symbiote just get drunk? I think if he, well, I think it would be more of like if he drank, he would just have some stupidly high tolerance because right. his symbiote would be like essentially siphoning his yeah, bloodstream. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. So maybe the symbiote gets drunk and it's just like a tickle for him. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Weird questions. Does Teal get drunk? Somebody <laughs> can somebody tell me how the biology of a uh, a gold works. Um and or and also if Teal can drink, what kind of drunk is Teal? Oh. Oh. Does he just start singing? Because I really want Teal to start like singing if he gets drunk. I don't know that he does. I think he's either like one of those like quiet drunks, or he gets like super philosophical. I can see. I almost feel like we get a giggly tilt. <laughs> like the guy that's just happy. Like if he got stoned, he would just be the guy that's like stuck on giggle mode. That would be Tilk. I can see that. Yeah. So back on the harvester, negotiations are in the starting process. Full disclosure of the Stargate network in exchange for defensive technology against the ghoul. Mm-hmm. To the point. But what Dan has found under the girder is mm-hmm. not as to the point. It's nope. the ruins of a city. The question is, is w- what happened? <laughs> why? Why? But why the things? And then back in the negotiations, the Ashen are asking what the population of the Earth is. And Joe's like, well, give or take around six billion. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, that was around the population in 2001. Now it's like seven and a half or so billion. Fuck, there's a lot of us. Yeah. Um, and And Joe does agree that they claim to represent the dominant nation. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, then there's an interesting question where Malam asks, well, if you are the dominant nation, what are you taking military action to curtail the population growth? And Joe's like, well, no, because we respect the sovereignty of our neighbors, which yeah. Malam is happy to hear since the Confederation is a partnership of equals. And this is where everyone goes, you're lying, you liars, you dirty liars. This is the part where it's like watching a horror movie. It is. Because it's like, we all know what's happening, exists, but yeah. they don't. And yeah. it's like, stop it. Don't go up oh the my stairs. God, don't go up the stairs. Doing? Why are you there? Turn on the light. Get out of the house. And yeah, you're just this- super uncomfortable and super weird. And I can't stop watching What's-His-Face, who just looks like a grown-up version of a Chilton kid. <laughs> 
He's just such a. I just want to punch his face in. That is I just a wanna punch his Gilmore's stupid... Girls reference. If you didn't catch it, yeah, it's it's just just a douchey McDouche. He's douchey McDoucherson. Yeah. Um, and Mom, James Spader in every eighties movie. That, yeah. For those who didn't catch the yeah. Gilmore's reference. Uh, also, Mullen points out that, you know, if, if they know that the Stargate isn't common knowledge on Earth mm-hmm. and any treaty that they do has to be happen, like has to be between all the people of the Earth. Mm-hmm. Basically, we have to disclose the Stargate. Yeah. The question is, does that mean disclosing Stargate to the different governments on Earth? Or the people as a whole. But I can imagine if you were disclosing it to all the governments on Earth, it's not going to take long before the entire population yeah, knows about I it, too. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think we would declare it to other governments. And then it would take and then about it was just a like, day and a half. Let that happen, whatever yeah. is going to happen. Yeah. Uh, in the underground city, Daniel guesses the technology-wise, it's like early 1900s. Um, and there is a sign that the city was covered up recently and suddenly yeah like this wasn't a natural i love this because daniel gets to actually be an archaeologist he does yeah he completely does um and you know was it done to create more farmland Mm -hmm. which you know by the way wouldn't if if that happened that would like affect the the quality of the dirt and what you're growing yeah i I mean at some point you're going to be filled with sinkholes and i'm more thinking of like the rust and like the chemicals and like leaching like that would affect the this the ground i don't know my way around that well enough but i um so i don't know what the word is but yeah, yeah it definitely changes the um the ph the chemistry. balance and chemistry yeah. that's what i'm saying like it can't be the best stuff to grow over it, you know what it is though is it, it it'll grow yeah it'll it may not taste yeah the same or, or so, some things will grow better than others some things will thrive in it uh if honestly if you're if you're a good enough farmer you find a way to balance yeah. that um but sinkholes for sure. Sinkholes are fucking all over the place. I'm just thinking of the actual, like, the way this, that their things are built. Yeah. But also, if the Ashen have always just been relying on other places for their food, they may not even know that it tastes like shit. Oh, they, yeah, probably not. It's kind of like, you don't know a good strawberry unless you've like, had a, had good, a stra- good strawberry. Like, I grew up with really good strawberries and I've yeah. yet to have a good strawberry yeah, yeah. in like the last five years. And I I'm like, you. this is not what strawberry is. <laughs> or, or when I taught, um, uh, I got boyfriend Jesse to eat Brussels sprouts, and I'm like, you've never actually tasted what a Brussels yeah. sprout should taste like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is why you don't like them. Exactly. Believe it or not, guys, oh. Brussels sprouts taste good. Yeah, once I start having, like, actual Brussels sprouts, yeah. like, that you get from the produce section well, and, it's in and how you cook, cook them properly, yeah. uh, I prefer goat cheese and bacon. Yeah. I'm a big fan of a uh, raw sugar situation. Oh, okay. I don't raw. think I've put raw sugar on my Brussels. A raw sugar, um... Uh, red, it's a little red wine vinegar, a little caramelization going yeah, on there. Yeah, the red wine vinegar kills the bitterness. You caramelize a little bit of that. To be fair, I mean, throw it in the oven. Goat cheese and bacon makes everything edible. That's too. fair. Yeah, <laughs> that's very fair. Um. Anyways, Daniel needs to unwrap this puzzle, and he goes into a building to look around, and he looks like that building looks dangerous. And Daniel's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go into this building and look around anyway." Yeah, because reasons. So here's a little bit of. I did find a little piece of history according to Stargate in here, oh. or at least a reference. So Daniel mentions here that it could have been a Luddite-type movement that happened here oh. on the planet. So the Luddites, I think people have heard the term Luddite and, you know, didn't really know what that term came from. Yeah. It was a ninth, in an 19th century movement, right when sort of they were starting to get... Um, um, sort of mass um, weaving technology, fiber yeah. production, textile the industrial mills. Age. The beginning of the industrial age. Um, there was a movement that was completely opposed to using any type of machines to replace, right. you know, traditional. Yeah, to I always liken them labor. to the Amish. Yeah, it's very yes. The yeah. Amish are, are like ne- are neo luddites. Got it. Um, and so, but the the difference between the Amish and and the original Luddites is the, the, they were not peaceful about it. Oh. Um, they destroyed weaving machines and mills in the region for years. Damn. Uh, and I think Nottingham, I think, is the region it started in. Mm. 
To the point that they had to be put down by military force. Holy shit. Yeah, they were like, they became super organized. It was like guerrilla style warfare for them. They met at night. They attacked. um, And they attacked what they thought was a threat to their livelihoods. You know, they saw their their jobs and their livelihoods and like their families' lines of, you know, traditional work being taken over by these machines that can, you know, weave. It's the fear of, 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 of evolving exactly changing. Yeah. yeah took over um and you know and while this was going on even if someone even suspected that you were a luddite uh-huh you know you would get death threats sent your way you wow. would get attacked like the other side was was you just know, as aggressive was just as aggressive in a lot of ways to the point where parliament actually had to step in and they made machine breaking quote unquote like a capital crime damn yeah yeah it was a huge so being a lead, it became associated with being against automation, computerization, new technology, a lot of science and things like that. Right. So there's um, now a neo-leadism, which is sort of a non-organized movement that eschews as much technology as possible. Um, it advocates to abandon technology. There are some that want to still like sabotage it, but for the most part, yeah, it, it's it for the most part is is anti-violent. It is you know Amish. It is right. It's they are ba- basically more of trying to um like get away or warn people against technology in more of an educational way. Okay. Um, in more of a let us share with you how we live. This is how different and approach. how yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there well, are yeah, the, the Amish do integrate now. Uh, it's it's uh, like the Rumspringer where yes. they let the children go. Like yeah. this is what's out there. Yeah, you can take it or leave it. Exactly. Um, and uh, there are like some aspects that again are anti science, anti engineering. Um, one neo luddite whose name might be familiar uh-huh. uh, is Ted Kaczynski. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and we know how that's a good little out. ambassador for them. Yeah, he's not the best ambassador. No. Uh, he was trying to campaign against modern technology, and instead of using people protest, it was you know a bomb or two. Yeah. Um, Smart dude, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but again, let's not focus on him as the example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of it's. So I can see how Daniel would come to this conclusion if he's seeing this this city yeah. that was that was probably in from appearance I don't know how he could tell from looking in the one cave but f- was in the mid- if it was early 1900s was really still in the middle of this industrial revolution right you know I can see them all of a sudden going like maybe that's maybe this isn't the best way and then essentially just like paving over an entire city yeah damn yeah. I, I was busy stuck. I'm still thinking about Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, but it's, it's basically Tilk and Daniel are finding like, hey, these are all the proofs we need for all the shit that's going down. Well, I don't this think the they situation. know what they have found yet. Yeah. They're like, this is a giant question mark. Like, this is not normal that you see an entire city. You know what it feels a little bit like? It's kind of like Bioshock. I never so, played Bioshock. I haven't either, but I've seen it. And there's all I these saw, leftovers. I saw of the bartender city. Nick play one of the Bioshocks once. Yeah. Um, that's as, as much yeah. as I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but from what I do know, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. <laughs> it's like these remnants of a, of a, of a discarded city yeah. of some type. Yeah. So it kind of feels like walking into that, only not as sinister for other reasons. Yes, yes. Yeah. So um, back at the SGC, Hammond briefs all SG3 team leaders that he's gathered about the whole, like, we were told not to go to this planet story. And so they're going to narrow down options. Yeah. So back at the harvester, Jack wants to know about like, hey, so what kind of defense cool technology are you gonna give us? Like space guns or motherships? <laughs> yeah. And Mullum's like, no, here's a bioweapon. It's a like, living whoa. radioactive genetic material that can be designed to attack specific DNA of your enemy. Holy farts. Jack's like, can we back up a bit? That's not quite the route that we were thinking. That might be a little heavy-handed. Uh, and yes, part of the deal is that the Ashen wouldn't use military action against Earth or its friends. Gee, thanks. Yeah. Uh, and and they're like, speaking of your friends, why haven't they helped you out yet? Huh. 
And, and Jack's like, yeah, uh, or maybe it was Sam. They're good questions. And they're like, yeah, most of our friends think, assume we're going to destroy ourselves with whatever technology they're going to give us. Yeah. <laughs> they're these great, great ways to, like, get information and yeah. also make you question your friends. Like, what a shitty dude. And, but, yeah. And then, and they're like, Malum's like, well, we can be true friends to you. And not only help you defend yourselves, but also end disease, expand your lifespan, and even off or mirth a membership in the Confederation. Yeah, just a little. But also, the it's whole thing too we're good like to be true. We can be your true friends. Yeah, don't don't stick with your other friends. We're way cooler. And then things like that's not a good thing if someone's like, no, you're those people aren't your true friends. We're your true friends. Usually, that's a giant red flag that those are yeah. not actually your so friends. So many red flags in the air. <laughs> Um, and, like, Jack is starting to get a little worried here. You can yeah. see that on his face. Yeah, well, because he knows better than that. I mean, he's yeah. not an, a 14-year-old girl anymore. It's like, wait a minute. Exactly. So, just as Walter is calling out his encoded chevrons, mm-hmm. the Pentagon calls Hammond and tells him to stand down. The recon missions have been scrubbed, and Hammond is going to find out why. Yeah, this one makes me really unhappy. Just the way Hammond's like, fuck. Yeah. And he even, like, asks why, and they're like, no. You don't yeah, get to know that. You don't get to know. Damn Just it. do it. And then when we come back to Daniel and Teal, they're running uh, They're running out of a crumbling building. <laughs> <laughs> but at least Daniel's got some newspapers yeah. with him. Uh, the language looks like a Celtic-y, Welsh-y thing. Yeah. And, uh, which is obvious from the typeface, clearly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's just like Hobbit script. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to say. I, I actually it's... have that font. I forget the name of it, but I have that font on my computer. Nice. Uh, and he doesn't, like, he doesn't want to risk going up to the surface to try to translate them. Because mm-hmm. he's like, well, if we don't find anything here, we're going to have to go back into the crumbling yeah. building to find more shit. And so... Teal's like, are you insane? Teal's like, crumbling building. <laughs> come back. Come back to me. Come back. Um, he's in full archaeologist mode. He's like, he's, no fucks about nature. No, 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 no fucks. No. Uh, he's, he's going like, back for his hat. Like, he is going back for his hat. Yeah. I mean, he probably left his action do-rag in there somewhere. <laughs> the Ashen, he's like, if the Ashen really have something to hide, they're not going to get a second chance to figure out what it is. Right. So on the harvester, Jack notices that the Ashen are offering much more than we actually asked for. Yeah. Spidey Again. senses are tingling. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, is this the part where they're like, you look pensive? Yeah, yeah. It's like, no, I'm just thinking. It's like, you're so pretty. <laughs> Malum's like, you know, well, you offer more than you think you do. It's not just the Stargate Network, but it's introductions to all these other advanced races. It's like, all these things where it's like, okay, this is... here's Because they want access to, I'm sure, the Asgard. Here's my new friend, right? And here's what my new friend does. My new friend builds me up. Yep. Tells me they're they want to share everything with me. Calls me Buttercup. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do? Um, tells me my friends aren't good enough. Uh huh. Red flags. Oh, for days. It's like the giant red flag. It's like fourteen hurricane flags. It is a level fourteen hurricane. Yeah, that's a thing that we just made up. <laughs> Category seventy two. Category yeah. Category forty two hurricane. <laughs> Um, you know, he, and, and Madeline's like, look, both of our races are natural explorers. We can grow together. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to part ways and we'll present offers to our respective leaders and we can start some trade at least for now. And as they leave, Joe, Jack's like, am I only one that has a bad feeling about this? Yeah. And Joe's like, yes. Yes, you are. And Sam's like, I don't think he is. No. <laughs> Stop being so happy about all the things. So, Daniel has found something. A headline about a pandemic of some kind, and the Ashen provided a vaccine. Yes. Teal'c's like, great, that means they're honorable. Teal'c's like, or Daniel's no. like, no, no, that's not, that's Just not. kidding. That's, that's, I don't think, um, historically cities are abandoned when civilizations fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was abandoned after they met the Ashen, but long enough ago that the locals have no clue who's ever here. Right. That's, that's even worse. <laughs> More red flags. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's not like, oh, the tale of our people who were once here. Yeah. And then, no, it was like, what are you talking about? Exactly. That never happened. 
So Sam, Jack, and Joe head back through the gate, and Joe's going to head straight back to D.C. He tells Jack and Sam that history remember their contributions, and Jack clarifies it's O'Neill with two L's. Yeah. Remember the one one L had no sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, and he tells Sam that next time he's here, he knows a restaurant that beats the mess hands down. <gasps> yeah. I like how cool Sam is about it. She's like, I, yeah, all right. Yeah. I guess we'll go. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Bruh. It's like she's like, ah! <laughs> Look at him in his hot pants. Sorry. And that's when Hammond fills Jack in and how the president doesn't want to risk any great possible alliance based on a note that may or may not have come from the future. Because uh, if they go exploring and happen upon the Ashen on one of those three planets, like, the Ashen might be pissed. Mm-hmm. Jack remarks, like, he goes, look, um... If I go and get to send the note again, I'm going to put more detail in the note next right. time I send it. Sure, because you're going to know that to send it. He <laughs> goes, you know me, and I know the president knows me, and you people really think that I would send this note without a damn yeah. good reason? Yeah. I, I don't blame him for being pissed. And so this is when we know that shit's not okay. Yeah. You know, like something's not okay, and we're about to find out, and I'm going to yep. get really mad, but it's fine. Okay, so the president is under pressure to present a concrete benefits of the Stargate program before the next election. Okay. And you're like, oh. Yeah, nope. Poli- and that just pisses Jack off even more. more and then it politics. comes down to politics. And from here on out, this entire situation is a state matter. It's out of their hands. Also, Daniel and Teal haven't returned yet. No. Also, I'm pretty sure, gonna need your guys' help on this. I think the Deloise cameo is the person out of focus behind Sam here. Oh. It's my guess. It's not clear enough to add to the list. I looked at it a couple times. Uh, I can't tell. Like, please tell us. Tell me if you think that the guy in the white lab coat behind Sam is Peter Deloise. Let's take a poll. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to put a poll up on, on Twitter on to, uh, when this is released. Um, and I would like you to tell me if you think the person behind Sam in this scene, when they're talking about, like, you know, Jack sending the note and the pressure the president's under, I did not get the time code on it, is uh, is Peter DeLuise or not? Dun, dun, dun! dun. So, um... I'm going to guess that it is, because, sure. Yeah. Back underground, uh, it's it's in big black letters. It says like a she- a Shen vaccine causes something not good. yeah it causes bad the runs. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't even think of what would be good. What could it cause that would be good? Like the beginning of that sentence feels yeah. like enough. Yeah, causes superpowers. Yeah, no, because nobody's got them. Causes a naturally long life. Causes puppies. Causes giant big dicks. I don't know. Maybe that's it. Maybe. But if I'm a woman, I don't care. Yeah. Because it's not the size of it. Nope. It's the motion of the ocean, right? Or what's the, what's the line? I don't know. I'm going to stop talking. Every time I hear motion of the ocean, I immediately uh, think of um, um, Hairspray, the musical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The ocean and the rhythm of the dreaming of. Okay. We're also, back. Also, Teal, that photo is not them celebrating. That photo is them rioting. Yeah. That's Big difference. bad times, yeah. <laughs> so Jack calls in. The Ashen don't know that they're down in the underground city yet. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, look, we'll be right up there. Just stay right there. Um, Daniel's pretty sure that this was the Volian capital city until the Ashen wiped it out. Mm-hmm. Great. So back in the briefing room, Daniel spells all that he's discovered out. 200 years ago, the Volians were a thriving civilization that was around the turn of a century North America in technology. There was a flu pandemic similar to the one that happened here in 1918. The Ashen came in ships. They hadn't discovered their gate yet. The Ashen didn't. Right. And the Ashen offered a vaccine. Saved the world. Um, they were the heroes until something happened. Daniel has no clue what it is yet. There is a clue in the newspaper, but he can't translate the word yet. And it's the last edition of the newspaper he could find. So yeah. something happened right after this to shut the plant down. Uh, it, the, the headline says vaccine from newcomers causes something. Blank. 
<laughs> uh, and but either way, they went from an urban culture of millions to an agrarian culture of thousands in two hundred years after they were saved, quote unquote, by the Ashanti. So we're basically looking at here's what's going to happen to us. Yeah, this is this is the warning, the forewarning, the true story of what's come before. And we've literally seen it because this is literally exactly yep. what happened and was again to happen so in frustrating because yep. as the audience, we know all this. Yep, we're supposed to know all this. Yep, and we're just sitting here going, no, how <laughs> how are they going to get out of this? How figure it out faster? Thank God for Daniel in this one. Yeah. Because it really is Daniel's curiosity that, that finds us. us. Yeah. So Hammond can't reach the president. Uh, he's The president's being briefed by, you know, Ambassador McDreamy Pants. <laughs> and uh, Jack, you know, never cashed in on the invitation to visit the White House last time he That's saved true. the world. So Jack's in a limo in D.C. in his dress blues. Um, but the limo starts heading away from Pennsylvania Avenue. And they pick him up a passenger. The worst person in the entire no! world. The new S. Senator Fuckface Kenzie. That's right. We went with Fuckface. Uh, nothing else applies to Kenzie behind, besides that. He's, yeah. So he he gets in. He grabs a drink, offers Jack one, because Jack doesn't have an appointment with the president anymore. No. Uh, and Kenzie, you know, loves to hear Jack admit that he was wrong to, you know, to recommend this alliance. And he says that... Those who are actually voted into office would like to make the decisions about what the governments we make treaties with. He's just with. so gross and He's so full of himself. So and disgusting. can't see beyond anything other than that. So Ken, so Fuckface knows about the note. Uh, it was some ink that hasn't been invented yet. And Kinsey just draws on and like toys with Jack and about he, time well, travel. Yeah, he talks and, about all this time travel thing. It's like you clearly don't understand what Jack's doing because they're no, not time traveling. It's not. You don't. And also you don't understand how time travel works. Because no. he's like, what happens, Jack? It's like, hello, idiot. I'm not there yet either. Yeah. I don't know it either. It's, it's just a stupid, we just, we all want to punch gross. That's how I feel. Yeah, and he, he was like, how far would you go... Fuckface asked him, like, how far would you go to prevent me from being president? And I just would like to know what Jack is screaming in his head. Because right. Jack's like, I would just end you right here if yeah. I were given the choice. Yeah. And it's he calls Jack egotistical. Well, clearly. <laughs> even though you're the one who's convinced everything in this world that happened is because of your wanting to be president. Yes. Ugh. And we also learned that he is now in charge of negotiations. Vomit. Yeah. This is not good. Uh, and yeah, we're going ahead with this. Joe is going to deliver a gesture of good faith, some gate coordinates, and bring back a delegation to meet with ass face, fuck face, butt munch. Um, Joe requested Jack and Sam accompany him again, but mm -hmm. Kinsey only would approve Sam because, heaven forbid, he let... Jack do anything. Right. Uh, which presents them with the window of opportunity, not the episode. <laughs> wink, wink. To, to force their hands. And Daniel has an idea how to do it. Mm -hmm. So um, Walter is calling out the Chevrons again. Um, Fuckface continues his assholery with how <laughs> Hammond's retirement will be a historic day. Yeah. And I was like, fuck you even more. Yeah, just forever. Just and you forever can see even Walter, I'm pretty sure, is cursing him out under his breath, yeah. too. Uh, it's just disgusting. And in the gate room, uh, Joe, to be fair... This guy just makes me so Very unhappy. disgusting. However, it's got to be a really fun role to play. Sure. <laughs> it's got to be it's, a lot of fun to play. It's just so hard <laughs> to see that type of character right now. Yes. I'll leave it there. It, it, it very <laughs> much is. Um, so... In the gate room, Joe comes in and tries to crack a joke, but Sam gets a nod from Hammond and quickly and quietly tells Joe that she has a lot to tell him in a short amount of time, so listen carefully. Yeah. So they get to the planet, go up to the harvester. No time for flirting. And he's no. like, oh, I thought you liked me. She's like, listen, not I now. I do. Not now, though. Yeah. And they uh, present uh, their gift of gate coordinates. Oh, God. And I love Mollum's like, what is this laptop case? I don't know what this thing is. Um, and while that's happening, uh, Boren, you can, like, can he's like, can you, well, well this is setting up, I, I have this word I can't translate, can you read this out loud? Yeah. And I love like, this. This is like the lamest. It's so lame, but it works. Yeah. It's like, God, it's such a, you've been fooled so easily. And he's like, yeah, sure. Sterility. 
And uh, Malam looks up and is like, fuck. You dumbass. Yeah. First of all, he's got to be mad at dumbass for being like, seriously, you couldn't just make up. You couldn't say ponies. You couldn't say big dicks. We just talked about this earlier. Exactly. Uh, And uh, he's like, yeah, how are those red hands? How those red hands right there. (laughs) Vaccine causes sterility is what the headline read. You wiped out the entire population and turned the world to farmland. You want to do the same to Earth. Yeah. And uh, Malam doesn't even try to deny it. He's like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, yes. Basically, yes. That's our plan. And uh, we're going to lock you in this room. And treaty or not, uh, we still have these gate coordinates. So uh, sucks to be you. And um, basically, this is why Jack sent that note. And they can hear the Stargate dialing. Uh, they go out to the balcony and they can see the Stargate going horizontal and that they're dialing Earth. So mm-hmm. Sam takes out some rope out of her backpack and ties it to the railing. She's, they're going to repel down and get back to Earth. Right. She tells him, look, just do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it and trust me. Oh, God. I okay. Can't. I'm just going to let you read those parts. So uh, once Sam gets over the railing, Boren comes back into the room. The gate kawooshes and Joe heroically goes to tackle Boren. Uh. Sam sends the GDO, calls back up to Joe, and uh, then she sees the biological weapon being prepped to send through the gate to Earth. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Joe calls over the railing for her to go and gives her a nod, and Sam looks up. As Baron tackles him again, Joe again, uh, and with great pain on her face, Sam cuts the rope and falls back through the gate, making a very hard landing, tumbling down the ramp and telling them to close the iris. Uh, Kinsey's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And Sam tells them what they are about to do, launch a bioweapon and that she couldn't wait for Joe. And everyone's ignoring Kinsey, who's like, there'll be an investigation. And he storms off and we're like, yeah, you go do that. So Daniel just hopes that they won't regret giving him the gate addresses. And Jack's like, well, that's fine. The first one's a black hole. And they get progressively darker from <laughs> yeah. there. Because get it, black hole, darker. Get I get it. it. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> Sam nods that she's okay when painfully okay. Probably not okay. And we fade out. I'm not okay at all. That's like, <laughs> she's in one of those this is fine moments. Yeah, this is fine. This There's is the world's burning around me. This is fine. My heart no longer, it just, it's shattered. Yeah. It's no longer. Oh, God. <laughs> God, what a fucking great way for him to go out. I but know. jeez, why? He went out like a pimp. I know, but I just don't feel good about I it. I know. It's hard to see him go, because we know he's a great match for Sam. And he's just cool to have around. He's like, just a cool dude, and he's and he like this genuine, he was this genuine good guy. He was. Who genuinely wanted the best for Earth and was listening to everyone. And, and like enjoyed Sam being Sam. Exactly. And also had a busy life. And also. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. If they break Sam's heart one more time. <laughs> I'm going to send a strongly worded letter. Ten years later. Fifteen I years don't later. Care. I will be that lady. I'm going to take a drink right now. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Yep. So next week, we have desperate measures. But it's, I love this episode because I, I love this episode when you pair it with 2010. Okay. You know, this okay. episode on its own, I think is, is intriguing and interesting, but I think the strength of this episode is being paired with 2010 and specifically having it's not a two-parter. Oh, okay. It's not that 2010 happened last week. Okay. It's that 2010 happened last season, so we have it's like this, this is the next thing space that we of see. time. Okay. Okay. For some reason, I think that, that time distance between the two episodes helped it. Gotcha. It's again... It's I, like knowing when to pair a wine with a with a meal. Yeah. It's like, it's a good meal, it's a good wine. If you give them the right space, they yeah, work well Yeah, for together. some reason, the fact that these are spread out gives... You know, we always talk about the, the richness of this world. The fact that there's so much always going on behind the scenes that aren't on camera. Yeah. For some reason, not having these be actual back-to-back, like, to me, helps give that... This is it's not it's not like how convenient it is that we get this situation the week after we got the note. 
You sure. know what I mean? It yeah. helps give that sort of bigger world okay. that it has. I, I gotcha. So. Well, crap. That sounds interesting. Uh, so where would you rank this one? God, this one goes high. Okay. This one goes... Right now you have Threshold Between Two Fires, Fifth Man, Ascension, and Rite of Passage. Uh, Rite of Passage was Cassie, right? Yes. Um, Fifth Man is our dude, the invisible dude. Between Two Fires was the one last week. Yep. Um, Which one's Ascension again? Uh, Ascension is is Ghost. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sam's Ghost ghost friend. Um, Between Two Fires... Okay. I've already forgotten it somehow, so I'm going to swap it out there. Alrighty. This yeah. is 2010. Um, so, so now my list says Threshold 2010. Fifth Man. Ascension and Rite of Passage. Passage. Yeah, I'm... Um, so Between Two Fires gets crossed off my list as well. Ooh. Simply because I'm adding this in. And I'm actually going to add this in um, right up... Actually, also in number two. Um, because, oh, okay. again... Because of its strength, I feel yeah banking off 2000. So I brought 2010. I meant I'm, 2001. Look at oh yeah yeah I said 2010. And I yeah. think that's what happened. Look out! Let's let's compare and see how close our I know. lists are right now. Our right lists, now, yeah, are are both one and two spots. Our threshold and 2001. Yep. And then it swaps out for you in three. You've got ascension, and yep. I've got fifth man. But then I've got ascension in fourth. Yep. And then you have enemies in fourth, and then mm-hmm. we both have right of passage is fifth. Yeah. Holy crap i don't think we've ever been this far into it well i guess we're not that far but we're far enough we're close to halfway yeah into a season and had it look this close yeah ah it's interesting and then we're adding that we're counting this indeed as an indeed so that gets moved up to 212 and we're gonna wait to see if we add to the peter deloise cameo until we get this uh we get better uh i like that um so, yeah, anything else about this episode that breaks your heart and makes you want to... It's just more heartbreaking for Sam. Now, yeah. this is like three in a season alone, because there was uh, yeah. Between Two Fires was mm-hmm. one. Yep. Um, and then this is one. And then Ascension was one. Yeah. So just in the fifth season, she'd had three. Yeah. Uh, and as far as of a count as I can get you. Uh, but, God, I, I really... We need some... There's got to be something here. We either have to address it and she's got to lose her shit completely at some point. Because that is a lot for one heart to take. I'm like not or, even looking in your direction right now. <laughs> or we need to give her an a, an out. Like give her some sort of outlet. Yeah. Uh, Where's the Sam Goes Bad episode where she's like <laughs> fuck all and drinks and, and... Which, by the way, I have to say that I know you don't tend to keep track of, of the Twitter feed as much. Right. Um, yeah, for fear of spoilers. For fear of spoilers. That's fine. But uh, can I just say people, like we had a number of people who, who had posted how much they enjoyed your guesses of what will happen. <laughs> your, your, your ideas of what will happen last week. Oh. Um, and one person even gave me a tarot award for not reacting to That's anything. That's you didn't. You didn't react. And at some point I was like, Sam needs to meet a guy who's blah, 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 yeah. blah. And that's basically what Ambassador Sexy Pants was. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. yeah at some point is. I am going to rank all her lost loves. Okay. And I'm going to go, um, spoiler alert, he's probably at the top. Even do you above count, Jack. I about to say, do you count I Jack do count as a Jack. lost love? Okay. I do. I do. And even yeah. even then, it's funny because the first time I met him, I was like, who is this dude? Yeah. This is not her Jack. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm like, fuck this guy. And now you're good. like, Jack's not her Joe. Yeah. That's kind of it. I mean, their name's very similar. They're very yeah. generic. But yeah. Gosh. I just, I just, my heart hurts for her. No. But I, I'll be okay. So yeah, next <laughs> week we have Desperate Measures, as I said, which is a Sam episode. Oh, good. Um, oh, good. Let's break our poor heart again. <laughs> I won't cry. Um, and then, guys, after that, guys, after that is the 100th episode, which uh, Grace still doesn't know the name of the 100th I episode. I know nothing of it. And she gets to see it next weekend. And I'm so excited. Woo. Oh, my God. Oh, my face. I'm making blue jello shots, guys. So um, before we let everybody go, we do have some new patrons. We right? have three new patrons. Thank you. Uh, we have Isabel Cashman. Uh, yeah, Bart de. Oh goodness, no sheer. I always give Grace these. No ones. sheer. 
Uh, I'm going to guess that. Uh, and, and Tom Benno. Uh, thank you guys. I apologize for butchering your name. We always apologize for it. We uh, butchering really words. It's out of general. love. We're out of love. Uh, but we love you guys. Thank you. It's so cool. Uh, pod cards are on their way. Pod, so we re, we um, were covering 2001 and then we realized uh, our schedules are tight and we did not have time to watch the entire 2001 A Space Odyssey. Conveniently, there's an intermission in the middle of the film. Yes. Um, so we have put up the first... The first um, half. half of 2001 A Space Odyssey up on the patron for all our patrons to hear. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, are getting podcasts, pod cards out this week. We're finishing up today. Uh, and then next week we will have the second half of 2001 A Space Odyssey Done. Um, up for patrons. So, yeah. Um, and that's good. And so, as always, keep an eye out for those. Yeah, uh, you know where to find us on Twitter. We're at Tara Podcast uh, on Facebook. We're There's No Place Like Tara. Uh, uh, you can email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. And you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash There's No Place Like Tara. Uh, guys, we love you. I'm going to sit here and nurse my broken heart. Um, and, and, <laughs> and, uh, like us, rate us, review us. We love you guys. You're awesome. Bye. Bye.